Absolutely. So we put everything from our BDRs goes right into our zero to 5% stage where they're in discover and the AE is working to figure out whether this prospect is a good fit. Do they fit our criteria for our ideal customer profile? And we're still building our brand. So we want to make sure everyone has an excellent customer experience, but we want to make sure that we're separating out people who are going into an active evaluation into that next stage. We're really validating their use cases. Um, and those are the people that I want to get a demo. They, I want them to get the royal treatment. And I want to give other prospects who might not be the right fit for us right now a good experience, an experience like through Reprise, but um, maybe not spend our expensive sales resources that cost hundreds of dollars an hour. Today, I'm joined by Alana Cadden-Ballon, who's Director of Sales Strategy and Operations at Wiz. Alana, how are you? Did I do okay on that? You did great. Thanks, George. Good to see you. Good to see you as well. Thank you so much. We first met uh, at our roundtable where you were providing some great feedback. You know, we've been in that process of trying to find our messaging. We don't have a product marketer yet. And uh, although Joe is great at it, you know, we, we have quite a few other things that, uh, that we're focusing on as we go through this, like go to market motion. Why don't you take a quick second to like introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your career background. You know, how did you get into sales leadership and operations? Sure. So I've been in B2B SaaS for about 15 years, which is honestly hard to believe at this point. Yeah, and right. I started uh, just out of college. A friend was working at Salesforce. It was a much smaller company at the time. And it started just, as I say, in the mailroom, right? Answering the 800 line, responding to inbound leads. And I really learned about sales by doing it. And what I found as I moved up the ranks, did outbound prospecting and, um, moved into some sales training back to be an AE and help and helped Salesforce build out in other places is I really loved sales as a function, but I do my best work supporting sales, looking at where are new market opportunities? How can we get more out of our sales organization? And so I worked with a variety of teams as I built a boutique consulting firm to help them build out sales onboarding, sales content. And most recently, before I was at Wiz, I was at Duo Security, mm -hmm. building out not just how do we onboard and ramp our sales team and keep them producing and productive, but how do we expand into new markets, international expansion? How do we go through the channel? How do we make sure that all of those go-to-market functions and go-to-market routes are firing on all cylinders? And um, now at Wiz, starting with a very small team, I wanted to build it from scratch. I, I had gotten in and dabbled in operations and now I have a chance to really lead that function as we build. We built from one salesperson to now over 20. Awesome. How do you sort of look at the demo and the demo environment as a sales strategy or sales operations leader and measure effectiveness. Like, you know, I know we, we talk about the demo a lot, obviously, over here at Reprise, and I hear a couple of different perspectives on it. I'd love to hear what your take is on it. So I always think about for every point in the sales cycle, and the demo is a really crucial one, how do we maximize what we're getting out of our sales team? So we wanna make sure that we give, get, everybody gets a demo 
who is a good prospect who will ultimately buy. And at the same time, we don't want to use our really expensive sales resources giving demos to people who are just kicking the tires. So I'm constantly looking at our conversion rates to see how do we better qualify in and out so that we're not wasting sales resources on deals we can't win. Got it. And, you know, if you think about kind of like what, what are those particular metrics? Do you have like certain stages in the CRM that, that tell you kind of, you know, what's working, what's not? Absolutely. So we put everything from our BDRs goes right into our zero to 5% stage where they're in discover and the AE is working to figure out whether this prospect is a good fit. Do they fit our criteria for our ideal customer profile? And we're still building our brand. So we want to make sure everyone has an excellent customer experience, but we want to make sure that we're separating out people who are going into an active evaluation into that next stage. We're really validating their use cases. Um, and those are the people that I want to get a demo. They, I want them to get the royal treatment. And I want to give other prospects who might not be the right fit for us right now a good experience, an experience like through reprise, but um, maybe not spend our expensive sales resources that cost hundreds of dollars an hour. Absolutely. You know, we were chatting with a, a group of sales engineers recently at a round table and the idea of this solutions qualified opportunity started to surface. And of course, different folks call it different things. And do you have some, something similar to that? And like, what would you generally refer that solution qualified opportunity to as? So the stage we have right before we do our proof of value is there are a couple of different milestones during that stage, right? We're looking for um, business fit and as well as technical fit. So before anything is moving into proof of value, we know that they're comfortable with our pricing, they're comfortable with our legal agreement on the technical side, that they're comfortable with our solution. And so before really from that discover into the validate stage is where we're looking to separate out people who we don't think are a solution fit. Um, additionally, and I'm sure this happens to a lot of people is I look at stage duration so I wanna know how long are we staying in each stage? Now that everybody's at home, sometimes it can be harder to coordinate meetings. And you're always on a meeting where someone says, oh, well, we didn't invite so-and-so to the meeting. And what I don't wanna have happen is to have to do a whole, stay in that stage, go through a whole nother demo cycle to bring in the right people. Um, so I wanna be able to give, want to use different technologies to help us replicate that experience for people and keep that stage duration um, as short as possible, right? We don't want to over, we, we're looking to maybe lengthen that sales stage if we can shorten the overall cycle, mm. but I'm looking at not just when is it moving into that stage, but also are we keeping that each stage tight? Gotcha. Speaking of remote workers and this whole craziness we've gone through the it's going on like almost a year and a half now uh it's it's kind of interesting because originally we thought what three months right. but anyways life has its own uh, time right what are some tips that you would give revenue leaders out there sales ops and perhaps just you know vps or heads of sales around recruiting and training and onboarding reps or 
individual contributors that are focused on operations during this time? So when I'm when I think about recruiting, I try to find as many candidates who fit into our ideal profile as possible. Um, so we look for people with a really specific technical skill set, and I backwards engineer it. So I come up with, okay, I want these 50 people. How do I get personal introductions to each of them? Um, and that's worked really well for us. I feel like we've gotten top tier candidates that way. Um, looking, you know, I can, I have a really solid value prop of why this company is better for them than any other company. And these are people who have a lot of options. They know technologies that not that many people are familiar with. Um, so that reverse engineering and relying on personal relationships, I think really matters, especially now that you can't meet in person. I want someone to know, hey, we know people in common who vouch for me it might be one, two, three, four degrees of separation, but we know people in common and they'll tell you what it's like to work with me um, so that they're comfortable joining our sales organization, what the culture's like, what the job expectations are. So that's worked really well. I think um, in terms of, of ramping and how do we keep people excited and, and engaged, um, we really mix it yeah, up. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a hard one, right? Yeah. We are used to do it, bringing them in, we fire them up. Um, so we really try to mix it up between self-paced work and things that they can do live. And we keep it, um, people always say, this is my pet peeve. We keep it very interactive, but we don't do that by saying, let's make this really interactive. We have a series of questions that they have to answer during the call. And everyone has to do it and they have to pass around to each other. And that's a combination of questions that are industry and product related, but also what was your first concert? What do you like to, you know, those kinds of things. So they, we weave together the product experience with getting to know each other personally. Awesome. Any advice for other sales operations leaders out there who are potentially just dealing with this whole pandemic? As you can hear, there's a motorcycle driving by, right? Um, yeah. Like what, what advice would you give folks around weathering this, this whole process where maybe things are not as predictable as, uh, as they used to be? I think creativity is really important. And we've all done enough Zoom happy hours at this point <laughs> where I think, you know, they're still fun. They're not not fun. Um, but when people are overwhelmed and burnt out, especially via Zoom, there is this tendency to overlay wellness and self-care. And the last thing that I think people want when they're overwhelmed is more things like, oh, come to this meditation class, come mm. to this class. So I think about how do you make a really realistic plan for your team of what are you going to take off? Yeah. Right? What can we remove? And that's hard because you want to do everything, especially in a high growth startup environment. So we think about what are the projects we're not doing right now and making it really clear up and down the stack. This is no longer a priority. Also, I think about how do you really create a better environment for your people? Um, you can buy them online Peloton subscriptions so they can do the classes. Um, you can be really creative with the type of spiffs that you're doing, especially for salespeople, thinking about what kind of things you wanna incent. I see it when I buy technologies. When I see the kind of contract I'm getting, I'm like, oh, they're trying to get you to do this. Um, so I think thinking about rewards and really like streamlining things for people um, is the way that operations can really help sales this year. 
You know, I feel like sales operations in, in, within certain organizations are not really leveraged in the right way. They, they tend to kind of be given projects at the beginning to set up stuff. And then they're like very reactive once things are like, you know, exploding, right? Data is a mess and all sorts of stuff because, you know, reps and other stakeholders are not following process. But what would you say are some tips that you would give AEs out there, maybe SDRs as well, other managers within the organization around really leveraging and maybe being a little more proactive in partnering with sales operations to, to really maximize that relationship? I think that people often come to me with solutions. I want you to buy this tool. I want you to fix this process. But what I do for my leaders and what I look for from the people that work for me and my business partners is to say, hey, this is a problem. Here's how much money or time it's costing. And here's how it's related to our overall objective as a business. And then we together can figure out what's the right solution. It seems so simple, but we, we were having this conversation about expanding into a new region. It's like, great, like what's the market share that we're seeding by not going to that region right now? How will it impact the other markets where we're going? And that's more the sales strategy side, but it even gets into details where we integrate different systems. Like don't come to me and say, I wanna integrate X with Y, come to me and say, we're gonna be able to give our sales reps three more hours a week. That's, that's great, let's do that. So that's how I think about problems. And I think um, that's how I like to be approached about problems. Awesome. Well, on a drum roll here, what's one actionable tip that a sales operations or strategist can implement tomorrow to really maximize or optimize their uh, sales process and particularly around operations? So Coco Chanel is famous for saying, take one thing off before you go out the door. And I would say that would be my piece of advice. What's one Salesforce field you can take off? Mm. What's one report that you can streamline? We think about add, add, add. And I find that when I run reports, 90% of things don't have data in them. Just that cleaning things up, reducing will actually, you will get more in if you ask for less from sales. So I always say, I'm only asking for these four fields, but those four fields, they better be expletive filled up. Awesome. Alana, thank you so much. That's awesome. Cause it's so funny. I am my entire career, except one company, I've worked at early stage startup going from zero to something, right? And so I am generally like adding fields, right? We, and some we get to a point where we have to optimize, right? And most we don't, cause you know, in the nature of startup. So it's really refreshing to hear that, I think. And, and a reminder to me as well as that, that, you know what? You gotta go back in, optimize and remove things and uh, in, in order to actually scale and move forward. Because if there's too many fields and no one's doing anything, you're, you know, you're stuck, right? It's just bad or, or inaccurate data. Awesome. Alana, thank you so much. If folks want to follow you on social media, maybe connect with you and maybe get some advice, career advice, strategy advice, what are the best uh, handles or social channels to reach you? LinkedIn is probably the best. Um, I am on Twitter, AK Ballon. Uh, but I'm not as active as I used to be, um, but I love to start dialogues and, and hear from people what they're thinking about, what they're doing. And I love to hear about new technologies. 
Awesome. Well, have a wonderful, wonderful day and uh, hope to see you at a happy hour in person soon, I guess. Maybe okay. we'll do Miami. something near Miami. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Thanks, George. Awesome. Have a great day. You too.